Welcome to another episode of the Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, I discuss a recall on breathing machines, a health warning for Florida beaches, and a blood purification trial for sepsis. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 90 for the week of June 21st. I'm Matt Moneypenny. Before we get started, our diagnosis code of the week is W16.222A. Fall into bucket of water causing other injury initial encounter. Uh, I think we can all relate to this, right? We've all had the time where we've fallen into a bucket of water. Um, I wonder if that that game where you throw a ball at a guy sitting on a platform and they get dunked. I wonder if that is related to this diagnosis code. And if it's not, I imagine people who have sat in those and have gotten injured from that have had an, an, an encounter with this particular diagnosis code. So, um, yeah, talk about a wake-up call. Um, hopefully it's not a small bucket because that could actually hurt your ankles quite a bit if you fell into that. But, you know. Anyways, let's get into the news. First up, we have Philips machine fails patient health. Dutch medical equipment company Philips is recalling 3 million to 4 million breathing devices and ventilators. A foam part used to dampen the machine's sound can degrade and emit small particles that can irritate airways. Gases released by the degrading foam may also be toxic or carry cancer risks. The company is one of the largest makers of sleep apnea machines and ventilators. 80% of the affected products are used to help people with sleep apnea. Around two-thirds of these machine sales are in the United States. The other 20% of impacted machines were ventilators. Phillips said that it's working with health authorities on a safe replacement for the foam, but that it must first clear testing and regulatory hurdles. So this isn't good. Breathing devices and ventilators, I mean, as we know, this has been in the news for the past year with COVID-19, and I think it's a result of COVID-19. I think... Um, the 3 million to 4 million devices were probably created very quickly without much of a regulatory body looking over the production of those because of the COVID-19 virus. I'm not sure. This is an assumption, but, um, and it specifically deals with sleep apnea, um, the story, but I mean, it could be related, right? They're, They're probably created by similar devices, similar instruments, things like that, um, but the gases released by the degrading foam may be toxic. That's insane. I mean, think about if you have sleep apnea, you need that mask to fall asleep because otherwise you don't get enough air in your lungs and then you wake up and you're like frantic about it. But imagine breathing, using the device to help you breathe and it's giving you cancer because of the toxic gases. That's insane. Next up, vacationers beware of these tides. Officials in Pinellas County, Florida, issued a health alert for the area's beaches as an outbreak of red tide persisted off the coast and spread north. The algal bloom could cause mild respiratory symptoms such as eye, nose, and throat irritation. People with asthma or other breathing problems could experience more severe symptoms. The organism that causes red tide has been found in low to medium concentrations in Tampa Bay and off the branches of Fort DeSoto, Passage Grill, Reddington Beach, Reddington Shores, Indian Shores, and Sand Key. People who experience symptoms should stay off beaches and go into an air-conditioned space. Four counties have reported fish kills related to red tide. People in these areas shouldn't swim with dead fish or harvest and eat shellfish 
distressed, or dead fish. Pets should be kept away from water, sea foam, and dead fish. So the moral of the story is, if you see dead fish, don't deal with the dead fish. No, I'm just kidding. The actual moral of the story is, red algal blooms are like a a yearly problem. Um, I know we live up in, we're headquartered up in Cleveland, and we deal with midges on a yearly basis. I think red algal blooms is unfortunately a uh, a yearly thing on most eastern beachside uh, areas, unfortunately. But it is, I mean, it's nothing to mess with, right? I mean, it sounds really bad, but <laughs> if it only gives you a little bit of irritation, but I feel like if you if you you know ingest enough of it, it could end up having more and more harsher health conditions for you. Um, but it's specifically bad too for dogs. So hopefully if you have a dog and you're in that area, um, you know, stay away from the algal blooms. Next up, extra purification by Xthera. Xthera Medical's Seraph 100, a blood purification device, will be studied in an upcoming randomized controlled trial. The goal of the trial is to determine Seraph's effectiveness against a variety of bloodstream infections that can lead to sepsis. It's the first blood purification device that's shown to reduce both bacterial and viral loads in the bloodstream. It's been used on more than 300 U.S. and EU patients with COVID-19 since April 2020. The device has been in use under an emergency use authorization since then, and it's been shown to dramatically reduce deaths in severe COVID-19 cases. Around 15 U.S. health centers have been recruited for the trial. Man, I mean, so it seems like you know, even though Xthera's medical Seraph 100 blood device has essentially gone through real-world trials, because they're not really trials, they're real-world situations where they needed to use this blood purification device in order to help patients with COVID-19, even though they went through that, that entire process, they still need to go through a medical trial, which is good, because, you know, there's probably still some risks associated with it. And the crazy thing is, is you know, I imagine this is going to affect Xthera's bottom line, but at the end of the day, it could actually end up helping it quite a bit, especially if the medical trials end up helping them in their favor. So um, medical trials, I feel like, are a very, very, very intensive uh, series of tests. Um, this is probably not the first and only one that they're going to have to go through, but, I mean, it's necessary, right? I mean, it's medical devices and things like that. And with that, let's go into our next segment. B-R-E-A-C-H. Breach Patrol. It's a breach! All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol. We talk about the latest breaches all across the world. First up, we have McWhoopsie from major fast food chain. Fast food chain McDonald's Corporation has been struck by a data breach impacting the United States, South Korea, and Taiwan. The exact form of the breach wasn't revealed. It involved some business contract information of U.S. employers and franchises, along with the information about restaurants such as seating capacity and square footage. U.S. customer data wasn't stolen, but data in South Korea and Taiwan was. In Taiwan, the hack also involved the theft of employee information, including names and contact details. A thorough investigation was conducted using third parties. There's no suggestion that ransomware was involved, but three different countries with different kinds of data stolen may suggest multiple attacks were involved. I was, my mind immediately went to ransomware as soon as I was reading this story. And the reason why that is, is because ransomware is so common. I mean, every week we ha I have a, a story for you that's related to ransomware and we go over it. Um, in this particular instance, it's not ransomware. But, uh, you know, what's kind of interesting to me and what I'm thinking about while I'm reading this is, 
you know, fast food restaurants, you go there, you pay for food, you get food. Okay. That is the entire goal of a fast food restaurant to get food as fast as possible. That's delicious. Um, you know, arguably, but in the modern world, it is sign up for a rewards program, put your, uh, payment information in the rewards program so that you can order online faster and you don't have to wait in the line and all this stuff, which means you could lose your financial information due to a breach by visiting a restaurant like McDonald's, Wendy's, Taco Bell, anything like that, which is kind of a, it's almost like a dystopian feeling. It's like, I just want to get food. You guys are giving me rewards. I'm going to take advantage of those rewards. Um, but then if a breach ever happens there, it makes them a target as well. It makes all these corporations, these fast food companies, a target for cybersecurity breaches, which in this case, McDonald's fell uh, a victim to it. Now, obviously, there's not much data to it yet. Hopefully, McDonald's comes out and says exactly what happened so that customers know what to do. But until then, who knows? Next up, watch your TurboTax account. A hacker could get into it. Financial software maker into it has notified users of its TurboTax platform that some of their information was accessed by hackers in an account takeover attack. As soon as the attack came to light, Intuit temporarily disabled the impact of TurboTax accounts. By accessing the user's accounts, the hackers may have obtained information contained in a prior year's tax return or current tax return in progress. The company said that it's taken various measures to protect its tax software, customer accounts, and investigations suggest that the attack wasn't a systematic data breach of Intuit. Instead, the company suggests that the accounts were compromised as part of an account takeover attack where cyber criminals used user credentials stolen from other data breaches on other online services. These are the result of reusing the same login credentials on multiple web platforms. So really, Intuit gets the blame here because, you know, the breach happened on their account. But really, it's not Intuit's fault. It is the user's fault. Um, one of the worst things you can do is use the same password multiple times because see what's going to happen eventually is one of your accounts is going to get breached there's literally no way to stop that you can you can i mean if you use the same password for all of your accounts let's say your account is john smith one exclamation point pretty secure right well not exactly if you go to <laughs> all of those accounts and you know let's say you make a random account for like Sunoco and Sunoco gets breached and you didn't even re really remember that you made an account for Sunoco. Well, now that a password John Smith one is now uh, in the hands of a hacker and maybe it's the same password you used for your Intuit tax account. And then they get into your Intuit tax account and see all the things that you, <laughs> all of your tax returns. I mean, that's, that's very sensitive information and it happens often. So, um, yeah, the moral of the story is it's not really Intuit's fault. It's the user's fault, but Intuit gets the blame because they're the organization that fessed up to the breach, right? They're the organization that the bad actor went to and actually got through. And finally, beware of unemployment scam. The Idaho Department of Labor is reminding residents to be alert for the text messaging scam involving unemployment insurance claims. The labor unemployment insurance system hasn't been hacked, but personal information has been compromised by fraudsters in a large-scale nationwide scam involving phony texts about unemployment insurances in general. These fraudsters have stolen 
telephone numbers and are trying to use it to access unemployment benefits and steal personal information. If residents receive a text with a link regarding unemployment insurance, they should disregard the text and not click the link. Yeah, so text messages, text message scams are very common. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've received a text message scam before in the past. It's not necessarily, you know, it's pretty obvious when it's like, hey, random person, click this link to find out more information on a random thing. It's like, all right, this is scam. <laughs> and, you know, most cell phone providers and organizations will tell you what they think the message is or they'll block it for you on your behalf. But in this particular instance, um, if the Department of Labor is is the one who provides, you know, is the is the text message of the scam, it's going to be much more effective. And that's exactly what the bad actor is trying to do here. So um, hopefully everyone in Idaho realizes or hears about this warning from the Idaho Department of Labor and does what they need to do to make sure that they don't get, uh, you know, they don't fall victim to a scam and lose financial information because that's what they're going for here, employee benefits. So any kind of really, 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 really personal information, whether it be, you know, your name, address, tax information, um, social security card number, that's the kind of stuff that they could probably get from you if they were successful with this. And that's it for this week's wrap-up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm at Moneypenny. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bandage Podcast produced by eTactics.